1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Hi, right, you're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN, on a Halloween, baby. Yes, October 31st means a great deal to some, not so much to others. I know for my young one. He's certainly expecting to stack up on more candy this evening. Hopefully that weather holds up for you trick-or-treaters out there. Happy Halloween to everybody. You know what? Derrick Henry looked like Freddy yesterday. He was in the Texans' dreams, John. He was killing them in their dreams. Turns out they were dead for real. Derrick Henry was an absolute beast. Went over 200 yards again on the poor Texans. And the Titans are winners of five in a row. They're even doing it now with Malik Willis. Tony Pollard was cutting us up, too. He was Jason cutting up my Bears run defense. Had Eddie Jackson's ankles broken. How about the and Tony Pollard? Give him more carries, they say, down in Dallas. We'll see what happens. Round here, uh, Memphis Grizzlies took one on the chin Saturday night. They'll go back at it against Utah tonight. Damn Kelly Olenek. Damn him. Dropping threes off. Steven Adams just couldn't get out there, John. That's a hard assignment, as you know.
3: Yeah, tough assignment. Jazz are better than people think.
2: And I didn't think John was going to talk because the Raiders didn't score. (laughs) Yeah. Zeros on the board for the Raiders down in New Orleans over the weekend. Good thing was John didn't see the murder Firsthand. I guess that's the only saving grace, on huh, John? You didn't go down there and see another ill.
3: Yeah, I don't think I can handle that one. I don't think I can handle two. Seeing one is okay. Seeing two uh, on the same season would be uh, a little too much. Yeah, so season's over. Sorry. Over. And we move on to uh, other things. Uh, Mike Wall's going to join us at 1125. We will talk to him uh, about the NFL weekend that was. Get his thoughts on the Eagles' performance. Oh, They dismantled Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, th- three touchdowns from AJ Brown there uh, in that game. So we'll talk to him about all that at 11:25. Then at 1:25, Jason Fitz is going to join us, and we'll talk uh, NFL and college football with him. So he's a big Halloween that guy. That is the show day That is my wife's got the flu, so we're not going to be able to. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, we're not going to be able to do anything uh, tonight with the kid. It stinks. It's like, I don't know what it is about ho- holidays around our house. I had COVID uh, at Christmas last year, and Sam's got uh, the flu on Halloween. So
2: Might wanna boost her up. Maybe someday
3: our, our child yeah, will get to experience the festivities and the holidays with both parents.
2: Sounds like they just need to come to Drumtown some shots for y'all.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, you know she's a teacher, so all the, you know all the kids bring of the course, pathogens. Of course. So it's just one of those things. It's it's a, again, pay teachers, man, because they they're subjected to freaking all kinds of disease in those classrooms. So uh, anyway, that is uh, that is the show today. But yeah, it's Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, we thought it would be a good time to rank some of the scariest performances from the weekend. Good day for that. And we have, uh, you know, I know you're not a Halloween guy anymore. You you're a Harvest Ween guy. Harvest Festival. Harvest food. Fest, yes. Yeah. Har- this is the day of Harvest.
2: We had it at my pastor's house out in Millington yesterday. Very good time, John. There
3: you go. And what does that consist came, of?
2: Came dressed as characters from the Bible. Oh, okay. So CJ went as Moses. And he held up a... And I didn't do very well on the costume. We were late to the party. But once CJ found out there were prizes for costume, we had dressed yes. up something. So I gave him a little bandana. Uh, Moses und- with the bandana undid the pole from yes. the undid the pole from the broom, gave him a broom and told him to just tell him let my people go.
3: What color was the bandana?
2: It was white. I just gotcha. grabbed a, I grabbed the
3: t-shirt because you wouldn't want to do the and, red because Moses did not he was not a crip or a blood so you wouldn't want to give him like the red or the blue mm-hmm. and you we gotta put go a, neutral.
2: We put a robe on him. Okay. Uh, it was, again, last minute, and we lost the costume contest. The other, the other kids yeah. were much better dressed and had put more thought and time into it. Again, we found out late.
3: Uh, I, actually, uh, I actually won a costume contest when I was, like, eight years old. That's sweet
2: uh, the same age as Chris. If he had won yesterday, he would have the same story. In your case, you won? Yeah. What were you dressed as, John? Bro, you're not going to believe it. Eight years old, why not?
3: I was dressed as Billy Idol.
2: That's cute. that's really cute. I your mama did that. Didn't oh yeah, for sure. I didn't yeah, know who yeah. the hell
3: Billy Idol was, but they uh, like uh, I, we did my hair like white or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had the leather jacket and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it 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 was good enough to win. It was good enough to win. Is this so. eyes without a face? Yes, eyes without a face. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know Billy Idol. Like you don't know Billy Idol? No. Look at my lip. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know him.
2: I think you'd love this song. Driving through Germantown, your Audi. <laughs> You think so? This song right here.
3: You think this is one of And then would... you
2: know about Rebel Yell, of course.
3: Yeah. Uh, but I won, so that was it. Congrats, little Billy. Yeah, little Billy. Uh, so we thought, yeah, it would be a good time to rank some scary performances from over the weekend in honor, of course, uh, of Halloween. And uh, I think we can start with the Texans' defense. The Texans' defense uh, on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans was absolutely awful. It was. Um, Derrick Henry had 1,215 yards, eight <laughs> touchdowns. A season's worth of work for, for him. For
2: a minute there, I thought you were actually going to give his real yards, but I should have known. <laughs> it, it was 219 and two 219. touchdowns, but it might as well have been 1,215.
3: Yeah, it, it is amazing. He And when he sees that defense, he just turns into
2: an animal. I think it's a fourth straight. He's going, on. yes, fourth straight 200-yard game against the Texans. Not 100, mm. fourth straight 200 yard game against the Texans. He owns them, Freddie, for real
3: in their dream, Bro, it's like a... Shh, shh, shh. That's what it's like when the Texans see Derrick Henry. <laughs> and you were on the Titans, no? I was, yes. So... I- the is there. Five in a row oh, for yep. Mike Vrabel and the boys. With Malik Willis, who I, who didn't do anything. No, he, didn't he didn't have to. No, he didn't. He didn't have to. I mean, that's the beauty of having Derrick Henry in the backfield. You just know that dude's going to get 200 yards in
4: the Houston Texans, bro. It's happening. They hit our boost on FanDuel this weekend for 92.9. We had a Henry and Pollard boost that, that nailed it. Yeah, so seventy
2: plus yards for both of them. That was the, that
4: was free money. That, 70, was, a, that yeah. was certainly a gift. Yeah, uh, he
3: won a moon. I Moolah. think both
2: of them were there by halftime. Exactly. I'm pretty sure Easy. Pollard was too. Yeah. Yeah. So Easy the, or bet. close to
3: it. Texas defense continues to be an embarrassment. That was absolutely terrifying. Uh, moving on, personally, uh, zero points scored yeah. by the Las Vegas yeah, Raiders. Yeah, you better you better have addressed this. Yeah, that's that is very scary. I said, you know, yeah. why, why. It's really the—that's the question. Just you'd stop right there. Why? Anything related to them? How to tell me why Devontae Adams
2: only had one catch against I, I, the secondary that didn't have. a lot I wish I could explain any happen? of it. I wish I Is could. Is that e- on cars? Is it on Devonte? Devonte was sick. I have no right? clue. I have no clue. I have no idea. What are you talking about? I don't know who's it on. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you not have answers as a Raiders fan? Because I, I you're zero four on the road. Somebody's got to bl- Somebody's got to shoulder most of the blame for this. Who is it? Yeah, is it what, Derek Carr.
3: W- uh, probably. Is it, McDaniels? it Could be offensive line. It could be the coaching. It could be you know a, a lot of things. You, but man. none of it is good. None of it is good. Uh, they did not have any plays in the uh, Saints territory until they put Jared Stidham in at quarterback. Yeah, that's about as bad as it gets in an NFL game pretty embarrassing as those things go.
2: You guys actually had expectations.
3: We did, and we m- m- miserably... Playoff hopes. We failed miserably to meet them. Um, you know, it's over. I mean, can they get to 500? Yeah, but they're not relevant to the playoff conversation. They don't really have a path. So, yeah, to watch our season... Oh, I should have known better. You don't, you don't fade the Saints in New Orleans on Halloween weekend. You don't do that.
2: And you're 0-3 on the road already.
3: Yeah. I 0-3. mean, you would think End at up some up point, point that, it, that that would reverse, right? But it doesn't. It doesn't. It just keeps getting worse. Um, here's one that's scary on the local level and uh, this feels like something that will persist well past this weekend Uh, the Memphis basketball team's lack of shooting Mm. that is a scary three point shooting sight yes their three point shooting uh, continued to struggle yesterday Though they they handled business without Kendrick Davis is that scary? the ankle? is that something that we need to be worried about? I don't think so not from the tone we heard I am precautionary well you know how these things go around here I mean, things get set all the time, and there objects in the rearview mirror. It's More like grizzlies with injuries, yeah, than it has been Penny and tigers. Well, you know, medical I'm leave trust of Penny absence.
2: On that you know, what was the? Th- oh, well, that that with Larry, uh, that's 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 different. With I'm talking the, players
3: with Rashid What was it last year? I mean. It's just you know. It, it, I, again, I don't. I don't have any information. Yeah, those are coaches. I don't have any information on Kendrick Davis' injury. I'm just. I'm just. I'm putting it in my back pocket and I'm monitoring. It's just simply a monitor situation. Uh, but yeah, I think we're now officially we have gone from a watch to a warning, as it relates to the University of Memphis basketball's shooting ability. It was a problem going into the season. It has uh, turned out to be a problem. Now that the season is about to begin, they are going to get zoned. Into oblivion.
2: Yeah, Penny's even said that publicly. That's what they're going to do to us. Yep. Expected. It. It's basketball one on one. Yep. Uh, what was it? Two of 19 in the first game Exhibition at CBU from three, obviously speaking of the Tigers, four of 20 yesterday against Lane. So you're talking six of 39 now through the two exhibition games. Uh, yesterday, Keontae Kendi hits two of the four, but goes two of eight. Right. Uh, Jaden Hardaway did go two of four. And again, it will help having Kendrick Davis back in the lineup. But like we've said, you know, Kendrick Davis is going to draw a lot of attention this year. He's going to leave guys open for shots. They're going to be there. Uh, Tigers have not shown that they can knock them down consistently yet. Penny says, hey, we just got to keep shooting. Uh, frankly, it's you, you keep doing that, sure, some nights it'll fall, but I don't know how consistent it's going to be, John. We've talked about just with this roster, how much shooting you lost, what you replaced it with, there's just not a lot there.
3: Yeah, I mean that's going to be the story of the season for them, uh, because they don't really have anybody in the middle, whether it's Malcolm Dandridge or Ko, that can um, you know keep those those defenses honest. You want somebody who can sort of soften it up there in the middle, and I just don't know if they have that guy. Maybe it could be DeAndre Williams. At times, you just need somebody in the mid range. He can, was good penetrate 22 that zone and 12 for
2: DeAndre um six assists as well
3: but you know Kendrick Davis could perhaps do it he could be a zone buster he could uh he could get inside maybe get to the foul line I mean that's what you're going to have to do because you're not going to shoot yourself out of that I don't think I don't I don't think on a night-to-night basis they're going to be able to do that um so that's a uh, it's scary it is very scary Penny talked about it he said I don't know I don't know why people say we can't well that's why That's why those two exhibition performances are why people say that this team cannot shoot and and does not have shooters on the roster, and it has been borne out now over two games. Exhibitions against D3s, against nobodies, against peons. It only gets worse from here. Now, they're not going to shoot that poorly every single game. That's what he's banking on. But they're not going to shoot well. Like, you don't just magically turn into a good shooting team. Mm -hmm. Um, Memphis, as it usually has, is going to struggle in the in the half court, and they're going to thrive in the open court. So they're going to try to force turnovers and get out and transition every single time, and that's going to how that they that's going to be how they win games. Um, if Jalen Durham's on this roster, it'd be a little different. He's not. He now plays with the Detroit Pistons, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, so that's that's the story for Memphis basketball. I still think they're good enough to make an NCAA tournament. I think they can stack up some wins, but against the good teams that have good players and are well coached, they are going to have a hard time, uh, especially offensively. So. Uh, I would say that one was very scary, and that's top of mind for me. This is scary in a different way. The past uh, performances that we've highlighted have been scary in terms of, whoo, boo, you know, we don't like to see them. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's destruction of Kentucky this weekend was scary in its own way. Uh, 44-6, to Kentucky was never in this game. Will Levis threw three picks three interceptions on the day for him sacked four times so now a team who we we've been talking about as this offensive juggernaut which they are is starting to come together on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. in advance just in time of a of a top three matchup this weekend against Georgia Georgia minus eight eight and a half depending on where you shop um yeah look I think I was listening to Jeff and Jeffrey talk about this. Tennessee is the number one team in the College Playoff ranking. That's crazy to consider. I think we were both pretty bullish on Tennessee. I don't think we were this bullish. I don't think we thought they would be this damn good. Um, if you're beating 44 to six, Kentucky by 40, you know, by 38 points, there's not a whole lot that you can't do. I, I like Georgia in the game, mm-hmm. um, but if there's any team that could uh, make Georgia sweat or possibly leave with an upset, it is definitely this Tennessee offense. I mean, I, I like where you went because everybody's
2: talking about the offense and Hooker, what he's got now with the connection with Hyatt, you know, breaking the uh, touchdown reception record at Tennessee. Like, it's been phenomenal what they've done offensively. But that defense, Jeremy Banks, Amari uh, Thomas up front, the Briarcrest kid, four sacks like you mentioned, um, held Kentucky to 205 total yards. Yep. And that's a pretty good Kentucky rushing offense, too, that they held right at 100, 107 yards. I just like the way that defense is playing right now, and that's what you got to do. you got to get Stetson Bennett uncomfortable. He's got that championship swag that I've been here, I've done it in the big games. You've got to get him thinking. You've got to get him running around, and right now the Tennessee defense is, is doing that. Um, this is a monster yeah. game setting up 230 on is. Saturday in between the hedges. I cannot wait because, again, I, Hinton Hooker, I believe right now, John, in most books is the, fa- is the favorite to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. If he beats – Georgia. If he beats Alabama, and Georgia in the same season, the guy's still only throwing one pick. He is your Heisman
3: Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. Who comes and gets him? I, I don't see it. I don't see if it. If you knock off
2: Alabama and Georgia in the same season, yep, uh, he's been phenomenal. But again, that defense coming around and looking like it may be capable of giving Georgia some issues.
3: Yeah, and then uh, and then finally, we're, we're not gonna we're not going to say that the Grizzlies lost to, to the Jazz was scary. They didn't have John Morant. Uh, they didn't have. Uh, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jake LaRabia was out as well. Too. So he knows you Williams, you're going to lose that game. That's just the way that one goes. They're back in action tonight. Ja feels like he will play tonight. He has been upgraded to questionable. Right. The history with the that injury report suggests when you trend up, you play. They need him. Jazz are better than everybody thought. That's why I'm not freaking out about it. People came into this season thinking the Jazz were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They have too many veterans. They have too many good players to be that bad. They don't have a bunch of young kids that came from overtime or the you know G League ignite. They have a bunch of winners, guys who have done it in the league for five, six, seven years. I mean, they've been on playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you can't expect a team like that to tank. So they're going to have to continue to unload if they really want to get a shot at Victor Wynn Banyama. But I do think maybe I don't know. Was the Warriors' lost to Detroit last night, and their I guess more importantly, their start of three and four, is this a little spooky for a championship team? I don't know. With the, with the there, there are probably some other teams
2: with vets, Lakers that might be in a a more desperate situation, a scarier situation. Again, you know, Golden State right now. To your point, you asked this before: how much do they care? Mm-hmm. You know that that's part of it. Championship hangover, all that. I, I'm going to reserve any real concern right now on them. There's some other teams with aging veterans. I'm probably a little bit more concerned about right now. Lakers at the top of the list. Yeah,
3: they lost. Clippers back- haven't
2: looked good either, bro. I think we're
3: two and four. Yeah, back to back losses for the uh, for the Warriors to the Hornets on Saturday. So two really bad Eastern Conference teams. They took L's to mm-hmm. this weekend. They can turn it on whenever they want. Although you That's wonder, where I'm at. you do wonder. Maybe you know. Maybe they don't have. You know, I don't know. I don't want to make a sweeping statement. It seems stupid. But they did get their ass kicked by Phoenix. So... You know, I don't know. It's just something to monitor, something to monitor with with, with the gold.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink There's joy in every journey. State Warriors. His
2: name is Mike Wall. You know that music. That's what it means. Former Packers offensive lineman, Pro Bowl offensive lineman, played 11 season for the Packers, the Panthers, and Seahawks. Now skill skill development specialist, founder of ProcessToPerform.com, and host of the On My Block podcast with former Packers great Amon Green. Again, got a lot to talk about on that podcast with where Green Bay is. You can find him on Twitter, at MikeWall68. He's our wall of truth. Mike, brother, how are you? At 3-5 and now, it seems like we're asking you the same question week after week. Now, we knew it was going to be tough against the Bills, but now I'm starting to look ahead, Mike, for these Packers. And, yes, you've got Detroit next, and I'm just going to chalk that up as a win. No way Aaron's losing that one to get you to 4-5. and But then after that, it gets even more difficult, doesn't it, because it's Cowboys, Titans, at Eagles. How concerned are you, Mike, that you know, we're in a stretch here, and, you know, including what's in front of the, the Packers, that you, know, you might play your way out of playoff contention? Is that even a possibility at this point? I hadn't I, Until this weekend, I, I chalked you all in there. What do you think?
0: Well, I think we're three and a half down to the Vikings now because they they pulled one out yesterday versus the Cardinals. Um, you know, the hard part is when you watch and listen. The Buffalo Bills are really good. Like they're they're a better team than Green Bay Packers are right now. But when you look at it, the Bills scored. They had the first three and out. Then they scored on their next four drives. I think it took them. I think it took them four drives to get to another third down. I mean, they were just absolutely slicing through our defense. Uh, it was. It was a series of penalties and maybe some miscues by Josh Allen that kind of kept us in the game there in the second half. But the one thing you have to go back to is we're missing some receivers on offense, and then Watson goes down in the first series last night. But Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, both of them, and then collectively, I think they're, they're supporting cast. I'm talking about Josiah DeGuara. I'm talking about Tunyon, guys that are in their blocking for form. Uh, I'm talking more specifically about skill position guys. This was the first game where I thought they all showed up. And I know Aaron Jones has showed up every week, but I'm talking about the rest of the guys. This is the mm-hmm. first game they really all showed up. So I know there's not moral victories in the National Football League, but I feel a lot better about last night seeing what I saw and, and, and the way they attacked that game. Even though we didn't, we only scored 17, I like what I saw just from a personality standpoint and a demeanor standpoint. I think, I think Matt LaFleur and that coaching staff can take something away and kind of carry this through the next couple games.
3: Um, a, a team that has not, I think, figured things out, maybe on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, is Las Vegas. No points scored uh, by that offense. Well, they didn't have Darren Waller, but you still got Josh Jacobs. You still got Devontae Adams, and they made the moves to you know, upgrade there. They, they left with no points yesterday. What do you do if you're, if you're the Raiders here? Uh, you're headed nowhere fast. You spent a lot of money on Devontae Adams. Like, Are you a buyer? Are you a seller at the deadline? Like, what, what, Where do you start with them?
0: Josh McDaniel. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 everything starts and stops with me with with, who's in charge there. Is Josh McDaniel subject to um, any kind of oversight at this point? You know, he had a, he had a coaching – this isn't his first coaching job. I believe this is technically his third because he took the Colts job for like 24 hours, right? Um, well, for whatever reason, you know, the offensive genius in in, in – in Patriot Land, it's not translating, and it doesn't make sense. They have too many weapons. Um, they're not terrible up front. They, they they have all the resources they need to be an effective offense. To score zero points in this league uh, is especially with the rules the way they are is ridiculous. So I don't know if I'm looking. I don't know if I'm looking to move players. I think it's you're, you're hoping if, if you're Josh McDaniel, you're hoping that the conversations and the way that you communicate and the transparency and the language you're using. You're hoping that that sinks in with the with the guys that you have in the room because you have the talent to be successful. Certainly more successful than they are right now. If your ownership, maybe you have some buyer's remorse on multiple levels right now. I'm not sure, but you probably have to. You know, you got to you got to dance with the one you brought. So they need to figure out in the next couple of weeks what is the um, the bridge that they're not able to to cross right now when it comes to what is being. Talk about in the meeting room and how it's that how it's translating not only on the practice field, but obviously
2: on game day. Philadelphia takes care of business against the Steelers. Thirty five thirteen uh remains perfect on the season at seven and and yet it feels still feels like, at least when we're talking to you or other NFL guys, that you know, first questions we're asking are about the, the Bills and the Chiefs. Is Philly getting the, the respect they deserve, Mike?
0: As they are in my house. I think I, I think that. they're phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the way they play. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, being an offensive lineman, I, I love that they win the war in the trenches every week. I, I think Jason Kelsey is, like, to do what he's doing at that level at his age is absolutely ridiculous. He's the leader of that team. Um, I love their tackles. They're running. Game. I mean, everything they're doing, they do well. I, I it's, it's crazy because Nick Sirianni, we joked about this yesterday, like, Nick Sirianni, he lost his press conference, his opening press conference. You guys remember? It was a disaster. Yep. And ever since then, he's done nothing but create this culture of winning uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Um, the guys that they brought in, and, you know, I'm good friends with, with their their, their uh, director of sports performance, Ted Rath, and they just have their culture right. They brought in the right people, and they, when they brought in Jalen Hurts and, and the work that he puts in and the leadership that he displays, him and A.J. Brown, I think, kind of comboing up this year and really taking that, that team to the next level. They're fun to watch, and like I don't care – if you're a Gen Z, if you're a throwback guy, like they do a little bit of everything for yep. everybody, I, I love watching the Eagles.
3: Yeah, they they truly do. They look uh, they look amazing, and then the acquisitions they made on the defensive side, uh, uh, they're going to be there. and They're going to have a lot to say late right. into this Queen, season. You know, yeah, there yep. is no question about that. Um, what do you think of Zach Wilson? He, you know, I, I I watched him yesterday, and the, the Jets sort of build this lead, and then Bill does what Bill does, and the Jets he owns them and finds a way to win. Um, I I just have never watched him and thought he's going to be a good one. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never, you know, I've never believed that. Um, can, can he turn into that, Mike? Is it something that, you know, can happen over time? Or is the Zach Wilson we're seeing under center right now, is he is what he is at this point?
0: Well, he certainly has the physical tools. You know, the, I guess the question you have to ask yourself is, is the reason you feel the way you do because of his physical talents, because he was doing the gritty in the end zone after he scored a touchdown. Yeah. Because like those are those are two separate issues, right? And and I think the the latter is the one that I'd be more concerned about. It's like, you know, you don't. This game is so mental as a as a quarterback, and and you just don't know especially now in the league with the amount of talent developers that we have, the lack of talent developers that we have at the, quarter, you know, in the in the quarterback rooms, the offensive coordinator position, because there's so, many, there's so many scheme guys and not footwork guys anymore in the National Football League. You just wonder if he's going to get the development he needs and the opportunity he needs to develop um, before time runs out on him. Because you've seen a lot of good quarterbacks in this league or a lot of good talents in this league not become the players that they they probably could have been if they had had some better people around them and they made some more of mature decisions.
2: Mike, they said, Derrick Henry was in the huddle yesterday against the Texans. Malik Willis said he was saying, "They can't stop me. They can't stop me. Just keep just keep feeding me." I I, I got to ask you, as an offensive lineman, when you got a, a dominant guy like Derrick Henry behind you, or somebody electric, you know, like a like a Tony Pollard we saw yesterday, like Christian McCaffrey right now for the 49ers and you're ripping off chunks and it feels like what you you can do whatever you want to do. What's what's that like? And 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 who was the guy in your backfield that you loved blocking for the most?
0: Oh, Mon Green, that's easy. Uh Mon Green was amazing. Deshaun Foster was a great running back as well. He got hurt um yep. the second the second year I was in Carolina, but or the first year I was in Carolina, he broke his leg in the in the uh, NFC semi-finals after he already had run for two, over 200 yards in Chicago. Man, the guy was electric, um, great player. But Amon Green's my guy. He's the number one guy I, I ever got to block for. But I'll tell you this, it's, it's as an offensive line, there's no better feeling than knowing you can impose your will on the defense. And I, I, I unfortunately sat through the entire uh, Titans-Texans game yesterday. And what you see is you see uh, probably in an average to above-average offensive line with a, with an elite-level demeanor, Dominating the defensive line that just knows they're not very good right now. and doesn't play with any confidence. Um, it, it, you know, play in and play out. And, and certainly, when you have a guy like Denard Harry or Derrick Henry, who not only you know weighs whatever they say he weighs, he weighs ten pounds more, man. I mean, the guy is a freaking nature, and he accelerates through the hole. It's almost like you. It's almost like you got to you know rewind the tape. You can't believe he's moving so fast for a guy so big. So. I feel bad for guys that have to, you know, get get in the box and have to make plays on him. I think when it comes to, you know, it's every year you just look at the Tennessee Titans and the way that Mike Rabel built that team, the culture that they have, the toughness that they have, it's like no matter who, play, who plays quarterback or no matter what their situation is, like they're always going to be a difficult take, right? Like they're always going to or a difficult out. Like they're, they're just always, they just have that about them. And I certainly, nobody embodies that more maybe than Derrick Henry.
2: Mike, uh, in terms of linemen you faced, who was that guy for you, man? You know, man, I got him this week. I know I'm going to come out of there. You know, even if I'm at 100, a lot of times this guy's going to be at 110. He's going to beat me even if, if I'm at my best. Who was that guy that you just hated to see coming?
4: Mm. Uh,
0: well, so, you know, offensive linemen probably put their time up in the league to when when they think they were good and when they didn't. Okay. <laughs> so so that when, I, when I was young, I had to play against um, – John Randall, Ooh. because Minnesota, right? yes, sir. So John Randall was the best guy I've ever seen, and I, I don't to this day I don't really know if because he was really the best I've ever seen, or because I was a you know rookie second year guy and he was in his prime, um, and so the like the talent difference at that point was was pretty large, pretty severe. Beast. Some other guys in the league that were amazing though. Chris Jenkins was a guy that I really respected and loved to go up against because I knew that was the, probably the every game every time I played him, I knew the rest of the season was going to be relatively easy. Um, yeah. He was actually a big reason I wanted to go to Carolina. That that whole defense was was just fun to play against. You know, Albert Haynesworth when he was on, and he decided he wanted to play like he was an unblockable guy. Yeah. There's some there's some real talent in the league certainly, but I just always remember John Randall, Warren. I mean, the end of North back in the day when Tampa was there. We had Luther Ellis, John Randall, Warren Sapp. I mean, every week was like it was murderous Row if he played guard.
2: So I remember uh, Randall, as a Bears fan, would have on the face paint, and everything else. Was he was he talking to you the whole time during games? Because he was Randall was intense, man. That's what I remember. What was it like, a, you know, in the trenches with him?
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you the first time I ever played him was my second year. We're lining up against Minnesota. We're at home, and and I, you hear things about Randall. Like he's at this point, he's legendary because. A lot, like a lot of those guys, they make their name from talking trash to Brett Favre, right? Getting, in, getting in, jabbing with Brett. That's how they get on TV. So, we, you find out about Randall. He, you find out that he uh, he likes to read the uh, the the press, you know, the the, the press clippings. The he, your bio, your player bios. So, my nickname in in college was Beagle. Everybody called me Beagle after this All American in Navy, Ronnie Beagle. And I remember it was the first third and eight, and I'm sitting in the huddle, and, like, you know it's third and eight. You know John Randall's over there, but you're trying to just kind of, like, you know, stick to your process. And all of a sudden, I just hear, Beagle. <laughs> be- and I turn around, and he's just staring at me with all the, you know, he's got the eye black on and everything. Be- and I just, I was like, I'll be there in a minute. I turn around, man. I, I mean, if I didn't crap my pants right there, I'd be surprised. It was, you know, you're just going, oh, my God. This is going to be a bad day. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. We're talking to Mike Wall yep. joins us every single Monday here on the show, A.K.A. Beagle, uh, every Monday here on Jason and John. Uh, interesting game tonight, a divisional game, Browns and Bengals. Now the uh, Bengals will not have Jamar Chase, and I've seen some discussion, um, and this is good for the football nerds out there about, you know, do the Bengals sort of switch up their formations now and put Joe Burrow back under center um, because his, you know, the guy that he turned to when things went poorly or went wrong is now out. Do you expect them to change up uh, sort of their formations offensively and put Joe Burrow back under center, or, or do you think we see more of him out of the gun because his offensive line is what it is?
0: It's a good question. You know I don't, if you look at the Bengals over the last two years, they don't really change what they are. They run a lot of basic stuff. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not trying to fool anybody. They're just basically saying we have three receivers, one of them's going to get open, and, and by the way, one of is probably the best in the league and has a really good relationship with his quarterback. So I don't know if they're gonna to try to change who they are. I don't know if you know I don't know if a Bengal changes their stripes in one week because they, they, they get that guy hurt. But uh I I think especially with the Browns, I think you're just gonna see more of the same. I, I think, you know, Boyd and Higgins, they just they probably have a really good idea that Burrow's gonna be able to find those guys just as easily as he was finding Chase.
2: And then the the Christian McCaffrey dynamic, I know. You know, I know. You know, we're, we we asked about it right after the trade, but you saw it on display yesterday. He's throwing them. He's he's catching them. He's running for them. It just, and 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 they did that without Debo. Uh, complete ownership right now of the Rams, at least in the regular season. But uh, that looks scary, Mike. On Halloween, that 49ers offense with all those weapons looks pretty scary, especially when Garoppolo's that smooth.
0: Well, they just kind of shoot right up to the top of the NFC, don't they? It feels like I mean, it. Yep. Yep. You, yeah, you think about the Eagles, and then you start going. Well, there's a couple teams, you know, after that that have some talent. The Vikings are certainly Vikings. in there right now. Yeah. with Christian McCaffrey, everything he can do, and more importantly, with Kyle, like Kyle Shanahan is a one-off to me. There's a lot of guys that come up from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, and, and you know, certainly Sean McVay and, and a handful of these other guys that have had a lot of success. But Kyle Shanahan is kind of a one-off. He's the one guy in the league that I think the consensus is from players and ex-players is just an absolutely plague you know, play-calling genius. Mm-hmm. And for Christian McCaffrey, for all those weapons, but, I mean, I can't imagine if I'm Christian McCaffrey and I go from what they're doing in Carolina over the last two years and then you get to, it's like every day is going to be Christmas for this kid for the next four months, yep. right, until February yep. if they can play that long. So I I think they just – I think the way that they just showed out the, with the weapons they have now with his play calling ability and and George Kittle kind of coming back online and everybody Trent Williams healthy again you just start going like unless Jimmy Garoppolo drags them you know into into drags drag them into the deep end to drown they're going to be there at the end they're just they're way too talented up front on defense they're way too talented uh, overall from a, a skill position standpoint and up front on offense they're, that is a really good football team
3: it, it, on the other side, what it's about the, what about the Rams? I mean, it seems like nothing fundamentally changed about them. They add Allen Robinson in the in the offseason. I guess if you want to say Odell Beckham not being there, but they just look broken. Um, is that fixable?
0: Um, no, I don't think. Well, let's, everything's fixable, but you have a you have a fundamental problem. Is they weren't very good at pass protection last year, and they got away with it because Sean McVay's a genius play caller, and he gets mm. he gets you know the eye discipline for the defense gets them moving around a lot. They lose Whitworth to retirement. Um, They lost their guard to the Carolina Panthers. And you just see, and it's been a little bit of attrition. Sappel was there a couple years ago. He's with the Titans now, you know. They, They do not have the weapons up front in the offensive line to effectively pass protect Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback who can feel pressure when he's sitting in the pocket. He's not a guy that's very dynamic as far as being able to move outside the pocket and make plays happen. So you, you're kind of in a really bad scenario if you're looking at it from the offensive standpoint of the, of the Rams. You can have all these weapons, you can have a great play caller, but when you have when it's third and seven and you can't you know you can't get the ball off, I don't care who it is. You got a problem.
3: Yeah, they certainly do. They do have many problems. Hey, Mike, appreciate you're the, the best, time brother. as always every Thank week, you, Mike. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep.
3: he is. Pleasure. Mike Wall joins us every single Monday here on the show. Former Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Yeah, that was one where you know I thought, hey. Uh you, you know you're at the house. Buy low for the Rams. Um, you know you have ne- you never feel, it feels like they've never has Sean McVay ever beaten um playoffs playoffs last year. Yeah, you you would think it's eight straight now in the regular season. Right, you so would think at some point that back. would change, but uh, it, it just it, it just didn't. I I think the Rams had a lead for a short time yesterday, and then once they got Chris McCaffrey going, it was curtains for them. Chris McCaffrey makes them scary. He does. They didn't even have Debo Samuel yesterday. You know, that's the that's the that's a scary performance that the that the 49ers put on. I mean, I, I know the I know the Rams aren't the Rams from a year ago, but to demolish them the way they did is still saying something.
2: Do you see the other only three other players since the merger have thrown for one, caught one, and run for one in the same game? Crazy. Crazy. You see that list? Who was it? I'll save it for you.
3: Oh, you have a list. Yeah. You got the names.
2: Yeah, three I, since the merger.
3: Well, uh, well
2: one and one and well, a couple of them actually. I think I, in I times think, I think that I, you would know,
3: I know one for sure.
2: I can tell you know it. Ladanian. correct. Yeah. He, he was the last one.
3: He was known for that. He yes. was he was yes. known for throwing touchdowns. I even said something about. I randomly mentioned that last week. Um, the other one's probably going to be some obscure. The other one was 1979. Yeah, I, I, I'm never going to know that one.
2: And then and then one, uh, he wasn't a running back. He was a wide receiver.
3: Oh, interesting. So that's yeah. That could be anybody. Could be. That could be absolutely anybody. There's a lot of what? What year? Give me the year.
2: Ah, uh, I want to say I don't have it. I think 2001. I got it written down, but 2001. In front of I, think was, I think it was 2001.
3: Yeah, that could be. It's 2001. Is it a? Is it a? Uh, is it an obscure receiver? Yes. Okay, so there's yes. no chance yes. I'm going to get it.
2: Nah. I'll school you a little bit later on. Okay.
3: Uh, Yeah, so we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Jason Fitz is going to join us at 125. We'll talk college football and NFL with him. And more. Stick around. Jason and John at turn to ESPN.
2: I'm Michael Jenkins helping you beat the books with BetQL.
3: Joe Burrow
4: will be without one of his biggest weapons tonight as receiver Jamar Chase is sidelined with an injury. That means the Bengals will need another receiver to step up, and that's where BetQL is looking to take advantage.
2: Tyler Boyd's receiving yards total is set at 62 and a half for tonight's game, and Boyd has gone
4: over that mark in four of the last six times he's played in Cleveland. That's why the BetQL play of the day is to take the over for Boyd.
1: I'm Sandra
3: The Grizzlies played a game over the weekend against the Utah Jazz. They did not emerge with a victory, and they are back uh, at it again tonight against those same Utah Jazz. Uh, sounds like they will have John Moran, however, which is uh, something they did not have um, in the uh, in the first game. Look, they lost, and uh, it's it's really tough to come in here and and, and be too upset about it. Um, right, they didn't have you know, their best players. Uh, they didn't have, you know, many of their best players. They didn't have Ja. they didn't have Jaren, they didn't have uh, Jake LaRavia, they didn't have... Zaire. <clears throat> Zaire, yeah, so they were just really depleted. So, it, you know, in, in an 82-game in, in an NBA season, um, on a West Coast road trip, you're going to lose games. Uh, so it's just, it's tough to get too... I mean, can we nitpick? Can we say blah blah blah? Yeah, we can. Blah blah blah. blah. Right. I mean, that's that's, why. That's my defense. That's that's all it would amount
4: to. Utah. Shot the hell out of they the did. ball there in closing time, too. That was nothing you could do there. They just couldn't miss. I, I don't think the Grizzlies well, Steven are, Adams could have got out there a little yeah, quicker.
3: I, I, I don't yeah. think the Grizzlies' defense is good. I think that's an obvious take. But we've said why. Right. Your
4: right.
1: anchor
3: is gone.
2: Yeah, Jared comes back, and that and, uh, should improve. You will not be one of the worst teams in the league defensively once he's back. And, again, everybody's used to it. You get back online and You on know, the Jason, page.
3: I think that's absolutely right. I do. I think that's a good... It's not, that's a fact. It's I, not a take. It's I, a fact. I, I think it's a great take, uh, and... Uh, and I and I completely. Um, so yeah, it's just hard. I, I anything I think people are going to say about that. To the extent that people are saying anything about it, just, just going to amount to la 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 Just pablum. Uh, you know, it's just not anything that matters to the regular season or or anything the Grizzlies can or cannot do. Um, they do get John Morant back tonight, so I would like to see them win this game tonight. Um, you don't want to get swept by the Utah Jazz. Now again, as we've talked about. That people have this perception and this sentiment about the Utah Jazz, they don't anymore. I don't think, but they did uh, you know, after the first week of the season. Oh well, you know they they trade away Rudy Gobert and you know they're te- and Donovan Mitchell and they're no, no, like they're good. They actually have good players. They have good veteran players, and they're proud. And they're not just going to sit there and lose. Now, at some point, will they start losing? Yes, they'll trade some players and they'll be bad. But until that time comes. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out every single night. Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, Laurie Marken and Sexton; Markkanen, Sexton. Markkanen.
2: Yeah. those are the four, really. Yeah. I mean, Vanderbilt's the other starter, but it's right. Olenek, Marken and Clarkson Sexton. Right, and Beasley hits a big shot on you there late. And then he was in like, revenge for getting dunked on last season. I thought that though. was
3: a very sus dance. He yeah, did with a little, that.
2: That. you know, he was he, he wanted to beat the Grizzlies bad, and that's yes. where that dance came from. But it was a very He's sus been on, dance. He I mean, if you were on posters all across this nation, too, you that's probably, true. You'd probably want to beat the Grizzlies pretty bad. Yeah, hey, make
3: a good point, clue Jason. though,
2: there, Beasley. Ja wasn't playing, he'll be playing tonight most likely. He's ja Morant, I'm on my grizzly. Ja Morant is on his grizzly. How about Desmond Bain going over 30 for a third straight Ooh, game? tough. And if he had not tough. slipped on that final shot, uh, you, know, oh, it, that you know it would at least hit the back of the rim if yes. not gone in. Yes, yes, Desmond yes. Bain's Lord, been on absolute I heater.
3: I, put on the moms. I agree. <laughs> so even though so the, don't even, overlook that one. Even though the, the Grizzlies lost, it was basically a win. Dylan, is that what we're saying?
2: No, no, no. We can't say anything positive without you taking it to the extreme. The other good thing, too, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I, I thought they're in a game where you needed to step up against shorthanded, Twelve of twenty, four of seven from three, had thirty points in that game. It's going to be the, the more important question for Dylan is how does it look once Jai's back? Are you ready to fall in whatever else? But for what they asked of him that night, I thought Dylan Brooks looked pretty good shooting the ball, shook some of that rust off we'd seen the previous two games. And and let's be honest, him being back. Has allowed Desmond Bain to do his thing. Yeah, yep. Especially giving up that defensive, assi- you know, that number one defensive assignment. All right, that's Dylan's now. It's freed up Bain to do his thing,
3: which I think is 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 interesting to the trade conversation. Uh, Grizzlies are a two point favorite tonight against the Utah Jazz. That's yeah. presuming John Morant plays. Um, yeah, I think that's a consideration when you know because most of y'all are just so ready to get D- Dylan up out of here. Um, I think that's the that's a consideration that. Maybe people don't take into is, is that if you trade him away, which look you you haven't committed to him long term, you haven't struck a deal. I get it. I've said before he's probably going to be traded. You do have to ask yourself that question. Like, can can this still work the same way when Desmond Bain is responsible for that assignment? Previously, it was it was Dylan's. Uh, it's a lot to ask. Well, it's a lot to put on Desmond Bain to do that defensively. Well, listen, Zaire's not ready
2: for it. Exactly. He's not even playing right exactly. now, and neither are your rookies. But here's the other thing, John. You might trade Dylan, and get maybe you back. go get somebody right. that can be that no, 3-and-D guy and go out there and, and, and lock down, and well, not necessarily lock down, just take care of that responsibility of that team's you know, top
3: offensive. But it would just depend on who that is. because it's, it's At some point, it might just be worth it to keep Dylan. If, I mean, it just depends on who that m- myth, you know, mythical guy is. I don't know right now who that might be. I'm not privy to those
2: discussions. Well, again, if Dylan wants to, you know, to mess, take that four for sixty, go right ahead. Right, then you fit right in, and you're the one doing it for yeah. the, you know, for the foreseeable future. No, it's just an, it's but just a question of um, why would you not want to hit the mark and see if you can get more if you're Dylan Brooks, right?
3: Yeah, it's, it's exactly.
2: It's just a, he's going to have to prioritize. I'd love for him to say this is special. I want to be a part of it. I'll take less like Clay did back in the Day Day. Yeah. And I tell you, but but again, is, is that Dylan Brooks? I, I guess we'll see.
3: Well, I don't know how he, much more it he's going If was when to get. you have
2: already signed it, is the point. Well, yeah, because that money, what they can offer you, doesn't feel like it's going to change in terms of ceiling.
3: But, you know, but sixty for four. Hey, maybe he gets out there and, uh, and and he sees that you know the market is not as robust for him as he thought. I mean, I think that's the other part is that you don't necessarily know how robust his the demand is going to be for Dylan Brooks. I mean, he's a twenty seven year old. Inefficient streaky shooter who does bring great defense.
2: Yeah, averaged twenty something and was the uh, twenty five against Utah in that playoff series. Was yeah, your lead defender? Years ago.
3: I mean, that's you know, I'm just I, if I was a if I was an NBA team, I'd say that was great, but that was two years ago, right? And, and and then you would just what have you done lately? Which has been he's good. He's a good he's a good NBA player. It's just like are you going to get vastly more than the what the Grizzlies would offer? Um, I'm sure his agent is telling him. And yes. and, and, and and if. It's it only takes one team. Well, it does. It, and I don't, but,
2: but there wasn't a market for Tice. That was a little bit different. Right. What like everybody said, who was clamor for Tice as your as your, your starter. This would be a starter and a guy who's capable of being all NBA defensively. Mm-hmm. If he plays for a full season, capable of making a like Jaron did last year, capable mm-hmm. of making an all NBA team defensively.
3: Yeah, I don't know. So I,
2: it's so it's a little bit more if, than if
3: it's a difference of a of, backup. You know, uh, a few million here though.
2: Um, right, you'd you'd sure like for him to take the that, thing That's that, when that you have to. You have
3: to ask yourself, okay, is it worth the whatever it is over the life of the contract to go to us? Because a winner is not going to give him that. kind It'll no, be a loser. It'll be a team where you're just going to go lose, and you know you're going to make money doing it, but you're not going to compete.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?